Hello everyone, my name is Elijah. Please be on the lookout for my new podcast, Sharing the Gospel with Elijah. Talk to you soon. God bless. Thank you for joining us again, brothers and sisters. We had some technical difficulties. Our audio unfortunately stopped. But we're going to pick back up where we left off. And we left off talking about who, Elijah? Kel Mitchell. Kel Mitchell. And we were talking about, before the audio ended, that Kel Mitchell is a former child star, actor, comedian. Um, he's known for being on the Nickelodeon TV show, Keenan and Kel. Yeah. All that. The movie Good Burger. He is, um, I find to be, like I said, very funny, very witty. Um, his comedy is good, is hilarious to me. And um, unfortunately, he found himself being in a place he called what, Elijah? A dark place. He was in a dark place. And we all sometimes get into a dark place. We all sometimes get depressed, get sad, get down. And Kel, during the interview with the Christian Post, he kind of opened up and became transparent as to what happened to him in his life. Even though he had money, he had fame, he had materials, he had tangible items. When, when he became lost in this dark place, he became so depressed and so down that he became suicidal. He became, he, he, he became lost. He was wandering in a wilderness and he needed a way out. He needed a light to help him get out of that dark wilderness. He became divorced, uh, surrounded by gun violence, drugs, alcohol. All negative aspects of his life were coming down on him at one time. Now, what happened to Kel Mitchell to bring him out of that dark place, Elijah? Can you tell us? Yeah, Kel Mitchell was in a dark place, and once he found out he was in it, he gave his life to Jesus. Oh, yes, he did. Is that correct? Yeah. And once he gave his life to Christ, he became what? A youth pastor. Yes, he did. He became a youth pastor at a church in California. And now... Not only is he a youth pastor, but he's teaching and preaching the word of God to young people like yourself. Mm. Adolescents, preteens, teens, is that right? Yeah. And I think he's doing a wonderful job. And what is the moral of the story? What is the importance of this story? That even though Kel Mitchell had money, cars, homes, fame, that meant absolutely nothing to him, right? Yeah. Because why did it mean nothing to him? Because money and fame, it doesn't... I'll give you happiness. It doesn't give you happiness. That is correct. But the the most important thing is it does not give you what? Joy. Joy. Because joy is that emotion, is 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 that feeling that only God can give you. Is that correct? Yeah. See, when we have joy, that's that's an abundance, that's an exuberance of, of an emotion that the world can't give you, that man can't give you, that money can't give you. It can't give you that. Only God can give you joy. And once you have that joy, nobody can take it away. Is that right? Yeah. Now, would you say that since you've been reading the word of God and since you've been sharing the gospel, because you know you walk around our house sharing the gospel with everybody, so <laughs> do you think you have been finding that joy? 
Yeah, um, sometimes I can be sad. That's right, that's okay. I'm glad I'm mad, but mm -hmm. you know, I always notice that God is with me and, mm -hmm. and he's watching me oh, yeah. and stuff. And you know that I know he loves me and he'll always protect me and take mm -hmm. care of me. Mm -hmm. He always gives me affection and love and care mm -hmm. and he shows me that he cares about me and I want everybody that's that's listening mm -hmm. um, just notice that he loves you that's and right. he'll always take care of you that and he he will always be by you that's no matter correct. what the Bible says that God has for us agape love agape love is the greatest love that you can show to any person right yeah. also we know that god loves us what loves us unconditionally without what without limit or measure yeah so god loves us unconditionally without limit and without measure is that correct yeah. There is nothing that we can do that will ever make God stop loving you. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. And guess what? That's the same love that mommy and daddy has for you. And that's the same love that your listeners' parents have for them. For the young brothers and sisters who are listening, can you let them know that the kind of love that your mom and dad has for you is the same love that their mom and dad has for them? Would you agree? Yeah. Well, um... Just, all you need to do is just show your love for them. Just wake up, say good morning, give them a hug or a kiss. Okay. And, and you know, just be around them and spend time with them. That's right. Because, because you can't, like, spend all day on technology, like, Sometimes I do, and but some, really, but sometimes I get out my room and oh, okay. come downstairs and, and, <laughs> and speak to you guys. And, yeah. Now you, now you, you have a couple of things that that you enjoy to do. You have a couple of things that you that you love to do, and some of those things are you like to watch what games and uh, what kind of games like Roblox. Roblox. <laughs> what else do you like to watch? And uh, YouTubers. Okay. And what else do you like to play with? My toys. What are them toys? Wrestlers. Wrestling. Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> so what else do you like to watch? Uh, I like to watch. What's one of your favorite things more than anything you like to watch? Oh, so we we have for ladies and gentlemen, Elijah has forgotten his favorite thing to watch. Well, well, I I love everything like the same. It I I don't know which to pick. I don't know. It's something called WWE. Uh oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute. Who's your favorite wrestler? Hmm, I like all. No, 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 no. Who's your favorite wrestler? Let 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 the listeners know. I think his first name is John. His last name is Cena. Cena. Oh. Uh, so do you think John Cena 
um, is a good guy, a bad guy? Do you think he's do you think he's a good role model for kids? What you think? Actually, he is. Okay. Because you know, he 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 spends time with his fans, and you know, he takes pictures with them. Yeah. But you know, uh, celebrities sometimes they can get irritated and you oh, know yeah. just walk away. Mm-hmm. But we we all get that. We yeah. all feel that. Because they're people too. Yeah. And sometimes they get tired. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I like John Cena. I really do. I think John Cena is good for the kids. I think he's good for the family. I think the character that he plays is a good character because he, he can be a good role model. And you can take a lot of things from him and learn from that. Is that right? Yeah. Now, we know Elijah likes Roblox. He yeah. likes wrestling. He loves his he loves his wrestlers. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. Uh are you a Colts fan? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, he, who's your favorite Colts player? Now, my favorite Colts player is Darius Leonard, and his nickname is what? The who? The maniac. Who? The maniac. Oh, he's a maniac. <laughs> <laughs> because when when he when he gets on that field, he turns into a maniac. Is that right? Yeah. And once again, we're not saying that uh, he's a maniac literally, but that's just a persona that he you know plays when he's on the field. Is that right? Yeah. Now, talking about Kel Mitchell and fin- finishing up Kel Mitchell. Um, what would you say to your listeners that we can take from Kel Mitchell um, from the negative side and from the positive side and where he is today? What, what, what can they take from, from his story and from his life to learn in their own lives? Well, um, always, if you want to do something, just don't give up and just keep trying. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes you might have a feeling that you want to give up or you don't, you don't want to try it again, but... Sometimes you need to get back up and do it again because, you know, God is always with you. And if you fall, mm-hmm. he will pick you up and and you need to try again. That's right. So never give up. Never give in. Never quit. Try your best to never say I can't or I won't because the most important thing is trying. Do you think? And, and let me ask you a question. In all that you do in your life, is trying the most important thing? Yeah. Why is trying the most important thing to you? Because you can earn things from it. Yeah, you can learn. And learning is important, right? Yeah. And you never know what you can do if you don't what? If you don't try. You have to try. See, and you and you may fail. And that's okay. See, failing is okay. There's no shame in failing. You don't have to be sad because you failed something. But the, the most important question is, did you try? Yeah, you tried. What about you? What What's your favorite sport to play? Hmm. Be honest. It's either football or basketball. No, ladies ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, it's football. Which one is it? Um. Ladies and gentlemen, it's football. Which um, one is it? Basketball. Oh, now it's basketball. Wait, no, no, it's football. It's football. <laughs> well, listen, we put you in flag football. Me and mommy put you in flag football at the age of what? Five. Five years old. And he was a running back, ladies and gentlemen. 
Oh, he was serious, you, fast, and what? Go ahead. You were the coach. I was, well, at one time I was the coach, and we tried to win the Super Bowl, but we just came up a little short. But that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> but he, uh, Elijah went on to continue to play flag football as he got older, and Elijah is an excellent, excellent football player and an excellent running back, right? He's fast. He's elusive. He can take your right, he can take your left, he can spin around, and he can score a touchdown. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Did you score a lot of touchdowns when you played flag football? Yeah. Okay. One day we hope to get you back out there to continue to play. And now one of your favorite sports is what? Basketball. Basketball. You have a favorite basketball player? Uh, I don't, like, pay attention to games like Oh, here we go. But, but That's okay. I, I know a few people. Okay, well, who would you say your favorite would be if you paid attention? Paul George, but... but, but <laughs> That's like, okay, I like Paul George. But he, he was better in Pacers. Oh, okay, so when he was with the Pacers? Yeah. That's when he was Paul George. <laughs> well, now, since he's not with the Pacers, he's just kind of, uh, he's Paul George. Okay, we got it. Now... When you get back to school, I want to go back to school real quick. When you get back to school, what's one of the first things you're going to do? Well, um, I'm going to, like, go to my uh, locker and, and you know, the people who I know. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say hi to them. Oh, yeah. And, and like, I'm going to learn to, I'm going to learn, if I meet new teachers, I'm going to learn who they are and, mm -hmm. and meet and meet with them. Okay. Okay, that's good. And what about um, getting to know new classmates? And what about, um, oh, wait a minute. What about getting back to gym? Oh. Because uh, we, listen, everybody knows Elijah loves gym. So what you what, what you miss about gym? Uh, well, the thing I miss is kickball. Okay. And dodgeball. Now, kickball. Hmm. Do you like to be the roller or the pitcher, or do you just like to be the one kicking the ball? Which one do you like to do? Kicking and running. I like, I like to kick and run more. Okay, do you like to be out in the field, or do you like to be on one of the bases? Uh, the bases. Which base you like to be on? The last base. <laughs> third base? Yes. Oh, because, see, if you're on third base then that's close to home, so they eventually will have to run past you to get home, and you want to get that boss, so you can be like, you out. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, I tell you, son, I want you to know that Daddy's proud of you, and I'm happy for you, and I hope your podcast takes off, and I hope it, go, I hope it goes as far as God wants it to go. I hope you reach a lot of people. And I hope you make some friends along the way, too, because, again, uh, brothers and sisters, young people, you can reach Elijah by email if you would like to email Elijah. And that email is magic, that's M-A-G-I-C, 1975.cd at gmail.com. That's magic, 1975.cd at gmail.com you can reach elijah there you can ask some questions you can dialogue you can talk about the bible you can ask him what he knows about christ he can ask you what you know about christ 
And that's how friendships are created. And that's how we all get to know each other. We all get along. And most importantly, Jesus Christ tells us to do what? If you love me, keep my commandments and love one another. Is that right? Yeah. It's so important to love one another because love covers a multitude of sins. Is that right? So we have to love one another. What you think about the word love? I, I love that word. Oh, wait a minute. You see that right there? I love the word love because I love you. I love my family. I love my co-workers. I love my neighbors because love is important. Would you say that? Yeah, it is. And, you know, like sometimes when somebody annoys you and oh, okay. it, it, it makes you mad, mm -hmm. like you don't want to talk to them anymore and mm -hmm. stuff. And but the thing you have to do is just get over it mm -hmm. and just start talking to them again because ignoring them just won't fix the relationship between right. you and them. That's correct. That's well said. That is well said. And again, I'm starting to see the, your maturity and I'm starting to see you growing up. And I love the way you articulated um, how we are to love one another. And another word that Jesus uses, and this is one of the toughest things I think as Christians we have to do. One of the toughest things we as Christians have to do is forgive. Yeah. It is so hard to forgive. If daddy walked in your room and he picked up, uh, who is this over here? Uh, one of your road warriors or Roman Reigns or John Cena and I and I broke the head off of it and I threw it in the trash. Oh, you're going to be angry. And you say, Daddy, I'm not going to forgive you. But Jesus will say to you, Elijah, what your dad did was wrong. But what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to say, I forgive you and just like say that don't do it again or something. Yeah, or like... but it's also important that you can tell me or anybody, I don't appreciate what you did. Yeah. I don't like that. That did not make me feel good. That does not make me happy. That does not bring me joy. I don't like that, right? <laughs> but I forgive you and I love you and now we can move on. Is that right? Yeah. That's right. Well, son... Daddy's proud of you. Daddy loves you. We're going to close out the show here shortly. And before we close the show out, we want to read a passage from the Word of God. We want to share a little bit of the gospel. And we're going to read what passage today? Because this passage is important for today because today is what? Christmas. And today is the birth of who? Jesus. And we're going to read uh, one of the most important scriptures that tells about the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And what passage is that? It is 18 through... It is Matthew. It is Matthew. Chapter... Chapter 1. Verses. Verses 18, 18 through 25. 25. That is excellent. Now, I want you to start at verse 1 and go ahead and read to our listeners about the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. Mm -hmm. the, his mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. Mm -hmm. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Mm. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet 
did not want to to expose her to the public disgrace. Mm. He had in mind to divorce her quickly, quietly. But after he had considered this, an, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of God, David, mm-hmm. do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife mm. because what is conceived to her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and and you are to give him the name Jesus. Mm. Because because he will save his people from their sins. All all this took place and fulfilled what the Lord has said through the prophet. Mm-hmm. The virgin ha- will conceive and give birth to a son. Mm-hmm. They will name him. They will call him Emmanuel. 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 Mm-hmm. Which means God, God with, with us. us. Amen. Now that is very important. Emmanuel means God with us. Two thousand years ago, Mary gave birth to a child. Joseph named him Jesus. The people called him Emmanuel, meaning God with us. He was with them 2,000 years ago, and he is with us today. So when we say Emmanuel, we are saying God with us. Brothers and sisters, young people, we thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate your time. We love you. We're praying for you. We're thinking about you always. Thank you for joining Elijah Thank you for joining me, his dad, his co-host. My name is Chris for sharing the gospel with Elijah. And before we leave, we just want to leave with a prayer from the same book of Matthew. And we ask that you bow your head and close your eyes and we're going to pray. Our Father in heaven, may your name be honored. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done here on this earth just as it is in heaven. Give us our food today and forgive us all our sins just as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. And let us not yield to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. And it's in Jesus' holy name, Emmanuel, God with us, that we pray. Amen. Amen. We love you. We're praying for you. We're thinking about you. And we will see you next time on Sharing the Gospel with Elijah. Bye, and God bless. Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for joining us for episode two of Sharing the Gospel with Elijah. My name is Chris. I'm Elijah's dad, and we thank you for joining us today on this very special day. Today is Christmas. Is that right, son? Yeah. Today is the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And not only is it Christmas, but we would also like to tell our brothers and sisters around the world, Feliz Navidad, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Hanukkah, and that we love you. Is that correct? Yes. This is a special day. This is a wonderful day. This is the day that the Lord has made. And we just want to tell everybody thank you again for joining us, and we love you. Now, again, my name is Chris. I am Elijah's dad. I'm Elijah's co-host. But this show is for Elijah to share the word of God and to share with other young people like himself 
young adolescents, preteens, and this is a journey that Elijah's taking. This is a new walk that he's taking, and this is a call that he has accepted to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm proud of him. I love him. He's doing a wonderful job, and he's learning as he goes along this journey. So, Elijah, how have you been doing? How How's everything been going? You've been home during the pandemic. You've been home doing virtual schooling. You have not been with your friends. You not have you have a new teacher. You haven't met her in person yet, but you've met her online. Tell me how you've been doing and how's everything been going with you? Well, um, virtual is really like this pandemic has really changed me. Like it hasn't changed me, but it made me feel some type of way. Like the first time I heard that a pandemic was starting. I I really didn't want to be in virtual class and online class. And like being in person is fun. Like it's not it's different than online school. Mm-hmm. Being in person is just like talking to your friends and they can actually hear you and you can actually play with them. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've been feeling good about it, and mm-hmm. uh, virtual has really been boring for me sometimes. <laughs> it's been boring? Yeah, okay. it's been boring. <laughs> well, what about your new teacher? Do you like your new teacher? Yeah, she's, she's really fun. Okay, and have you seen some of your friends? Yeah, I have seen some of my friends that I've seen in school. In so, so some of them are at home, too? Yeah. Okay. Now, is she a good teacher? Do you think she is teaching the same way she would if you were in class? Is she teaching the same way? Yeah, she she's really nice and is she patient? Yeah, she okay. she she laughs at our jokes. Oh, and, so you got jokes, okay? Yeah, and <laughs> and she and she said that she likes corny jokes. Oh, okay. like like that like the bad jokes. Yeah. Now, dealing with the pandemic, I know it's been kind of scary. It's unknown. We know that we don't know too much about the coronavirus. Um, We know that it can make you sick. And we know that some people have, unfortunately, um, have passed on and went back to heaven to be with the Lord. Right? Um, But we also know that God is still in control. God is sovereign. God is omnipresent. Is that correct? Yeah. And he is with us all the time. So despite uh, what's going on outside, especially outside of our home, we know that God is in control inside of our home as well as outside of our home. What do you think about that? Well, like, uh, I want I want to say that to all the people who, to all the people who think that this pandemic is dangerous and is deadly that mm-hmm. that Jesus is always gonna be with you. Oh yes. And he'll always protect you. Oh yes. He'll always look over you and everybody in the world. So there's no need to worry about anything that's going on right now. That's well said. Amen to that. That is well said, young man. And again, daddy's proud of you, mommy's proud of you, your brother and sister's proud of you. We know that what you're doing, you're doing it for the good of 
your fellow believers, and we know that you're doing it for the kingdom of heaven. We're proud of you, son, because you're taking a big step. And because of that big step, God's going to take an even bigger step to open up doors for you, to make a way out of no way for you, and to make sure that you have everything you need to help share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's why we call this podcast Sharing the Gospel with Elijah. Because you are Elijah. And why did Daddy name you Elijah? Well, we named you after the prophet in the Bible. And I knew when I seen you for the first time that you was going to be special. You was going to be wonderful. You was going to be unique. Right? Yeah. Because we are all unique. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. And we are all God's special creations. Correct? Yeah. Now, we know you have been bored at home. <laughs> We know you want to go back to school. We know you want to see your friends and see your new teacher. You want to get back to everything that you do in school. And we know that the pandemic is, like you said, dangerous. It is dangerous, but it is something that will pass. We just can, we have to continue to have faith, believe. We have to have hope, right? Yeah. And that's all the things that faith gives you. It gives you that hope and that belief that it will pass. Is that correct? Yeah. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Seen. That is correct. That is correct. So we don't always see. See, we, we, we always can't see what's in front of us, what's behind us, what's around us. We always can't see it, but God can see it. As long as you have that faith in God, he will take care of it. Is that correct? Yeah. And I see your faith at 10 years old. 10 years old, and you have the faith of a grain of mustard seed. Mm -hmm. Who would know something like that? Would you know something like that? Yeah. Is your faith the size of a grain of a mustard seed? Yeah. Hmm? Yeah. Now, being home, not being able to be what we consider a normal situation, how do you feel just being at home? Well... It does give me a chance to like sit around and play my games, but <laughs> you play your but like it, it just doesn't feel like because I do it every single day. Oh, it's like okay. it's a rhythm, and I don't I don't like really want to do it so much. I right. I want to go outside. And, and, you want to change? Yeah, I want to change and okay. play and stuff. Would you do that anyway? What? Let me ask you a question. When you pray, do you go to your secret place? Yeah, my secret place is my room. Okay. And when you pray, do you hear God? Do you feel God? Do you listen for his voice? Let me ask you a question. Does God talk real, real loud? Or does he talk just for you to hear him? He talks just for me to hear him. Okay. And see, isn't it, do you think it's important for your listeners, people your age, to find their secret place to pray? Do you think that's important? And why is it important? Yeah, it's important for you to find a secret place because you need to hear God for the first time. Correct. And, like, when you're, sometimes you'll say that, like, it's going to take forever or 
it's not gonna happen, but one day it'll happen. And it 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 hasn't came to me yet, but I know that if I have faith, then he'll start talking to me. Oh and, yes. And he'll start being with me a lot. Well, he he is already with me, but mm -hmm. I know that he'll talk to me one day. And, one day. And some people that you need to be patient. You have to be patient. That is correct. It is it's very important for us to have patience, right? Because what we need to understand is what? It's not our time, but it's who? It's God's time. Is that correct? Yeah. And though we may be impatient and though we may want it right now and we want it to happen today, it happens when God says it's going to happen. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. And when he answers you, that day is going to be such a special day. You're not even, you're not going to know what to do with yourself because he's talking to you now. He's speaking to you. He's answering. He's opening doors. Isn't that right? Yeah. So you keep praying, you keep believing, and you hold on, and God will answer you. Would you say that to your listeners? Yeah, I would. And all you need to do is is give some, give some of your time to him. Yes. And... And one day you might say that tomorrow I'm going to play and read my Bible, but the next day you don't have, you don't feel like doing it. And sometimes I feel that way too, but as a Christian, I don't, I feel like that would just hurt him, but it doesn't because he always gives me time to give him time. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, time is very important when we're dealing with God. Now, today we've got a special topic we're going to talk about, and I think it's, I think it's kind of important for your listeners um, to kind of hear the story. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us this evening for Episode 5 of Sharing the Gospel with Elijah. My name is Chris. I'm Elijah's dad and co-host, and we would like to thank you for joining us this evening. I'm not going to be too long. I'm going to keep it short. And I'm going to introduce the host of the show, Elijah. Thank you for tuning back in, everybody. And I'm really proud of how, of myself. I'm really proud of myself and how I've been helping and encouraging some people on this podcast. I'm really happy about some reviews you, got, you guys gave me. And I'm really just happy and blessed that I have everybody with me on my journey of sharing the gospel. Now, today we're going to read some Bible stories, and mm -hmm. we are going to continue from our news last week mm -hmm. about Christian athletes. Correct. And we are going to talk about how my day and how my school has been mm. and my dad's going to ask me some questions <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm gonna ask you okay okay he's, he's telling us the script okay yeah. that's all right that's all right <laughs> that's okay that's okay well since he has uh let you all know um what our script is for the evening um <laughs> Let me ask you, Elijah, how has your week been in week number two of virtual learning? Well, it's it's 
not bad. It's good. It's going great. My school is going smooth. I haven't, I haven't. I'm doing good in school. I'm, mm-hmm. I have good grades, and mm-hmm. and what are those? And I have lots of A's, B's, and in what subjects? Hmm, math, writing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. reading, specials, and other stuff, social studies, and we've been learning fractions a lot. You've been learning fractions. Whoa, that's yeah. that's a big step. Yeah, and uh, fractions is a big step. Yeah, flat fractions can be hard sometimes, and you know that school can teach you a lot. Oh yes. If you pay attention and don't like goof around or anything, and you know I'm really proud of myself about the grades and how good I'm doing in school, mm-hmm. and I'm happy to have a teacher that is good and is funny mm-hmm. and is joyful. And I'm really blessed to see some of my friends that I've seen in school mm-hmm. before and old teachers. Mm. <clears throat> and I'm really proud of everything that's going in school right now. Well, that's wonderful. Well, hard work does pay off. Studying pays off. Homework pays off. So everything you're doing, you keep doing, you listen to your teacher, you always continue to listen to mommy and daddy. You always stay in the word of God to lead you, to guide you, and to direct you. And also, more importantly and most importantly is you believe in yourself. And you do what it is you need to do to succeed. And that's work hard. So mommy and daddy are proud of you. I know your teacher's proud of you. And you continue to work hard and get them good grades. And one day, you will be a successful man in all that you do. Now, we're going to pick up from last week's topic, Christian Athletes. Now, we, we, we just want to give recognition to some of those athletes in the world. Some play football. Some play basketball. Some are Olympic athletes. And they are both male and female, and we want to recognize both of them. Now, I want to start off with one of the most famous Christian athletes who is not only outspoken about his faith, but he is not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And his name is Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow, former quarterback in the NFL. He quarterbacked for the Denver Broncos, the New York Jets, the New England Patriots, He is now a baseball player, and he is, again, like I said, an outspoken Christian, meaning he tells everybody about the love of Jesus Christ, and he shares the gospel. And not only does he share the gospel, but he demonstrates his love for for the Lord by doing something that he made famous in the eyes of the world. They considered it to be famous, but he was just doing one simple thing, and that was praying. And and it is called T-bowing. So he would take a knee in the end zone and he would pray before every game, before he took the field and before he took one snap of the football, Tim Tebow kneeled on one knee in the end zone and began to pray. And that became a national phenomenon. And that caused millions of people to either turn their lives back over to Christ to either 
continue to follow Christ or start to follow Christ and they begin to praise and worship and believe in God. And I think that's wonderful. What did you think about Tim Tebow leading so many people to Christ by simply showing his faith openly? Well, uh, he, here's the thing about athletes. We don't know much about their life or what they do. And, you know, that the info we're, lo we're looking at right now is very beautiful. Mm -hmm. And it's very inspiring that he's spreading the gospel and yeah. playing football while he plays. Mm -hmm. And he plays in the middle of the game, which is very, very cool. And he gives his time to Christ. Yes. And he, he, he gave his life to Christ. That's right. And I'm really proud of him. Mm -hmm. And I, um, I haven't heard of him a lot. Mm -hmm. But now since I've heard of, heard of him, I'm really proud of him. And I'm really grateful for what he's doing. Yeah. Till Tebow, when asked about why he does what he does when it comes to praying in public and sharing the gospel and believing in Christ and being a Christian, he made a statement, and I think this statement is beautiful, and I think it's very, very profound. Now, would you like to read the statement that he made? Yes, I will. All right. This is the statement that he made. And what did what did Tim Tebow tell the reporter when asked why he believes what he believes and why he does what he does for Jesus Christ? It says that I still honor my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because at the at the end of the day, that's what that's what's important. When I lose, he has he has said, we need to get back to one nation under God and be role models for kids. What you think about that? <laughs> that That's like really inspiring and beautiful. <clears throat> mm -hmm. I'm so proud of Tim Tebow. Mm -hmm. And I'm really glad that he's inspiring kids. He's telling kids about this. He's... Some of us might not know him, right? but now you have heard of him, mm -hmm. and we should be really grateful and proud that we have all these Jesus Christ followers in our life. That's right. We have everybody that's helping us mm -hmm. on the way, on the journey. We have everybody that's following God. We have them, and we are walking with them. We are walking on the right path right now. Mm-hmm. And... Some people you might not know, they can help you. They can guide you to Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And we should all be grateful that we have a life right now. Mm -hmm. Because God created, created us. We are God's creations. And his children. And his children. Yes. And we should be really proud of that. Amen. Wonderfully said. I think that's, that's so wonderful that you... Put it that way, another athlete slash coach that we want to recognize right now and talk about is Coach Tony Dungy. He is one of my favorite people. He is one of my heroes, not only in football, because football is one of my favorite sports, but he's one of my heroes in the faith. Coach Dungy is a professed Christian 
father, husband, and like I said, coach. He has been a leader, he has been a teacher, and he has been an upstanding man for all men like myself, husbands and fathers to follow. And I appreciate Coach Dungey. I thank God for Coach Dungey. I have several of his books, and I think he has been um, a wonderful inspiration for men like myself, fathers and husbands, to continue to believe not only in Christ, but to believe in yourself to be the best man that you can be. So I just want to recognize Coach Tony Dungy, former coach of the Indianapolis Colts, for being an outstanding husband, father, coach, and man. Coach Dungy, thank you for all you have done for men like myself. And more importantly, young black men like myself. Thank you so much, Coach Tony Dungy. Now I want to get to another former football player. He goes by the name of Prime Time, Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders gave his life to Christ. He began to walk the Christian walk and even talk the Christian talk. And he openly professes his love for Jesus Christ. And I think it's wonderful that even though he had the God-given ability to be one of the best NFL players that has ever played football, made a lot of money, a lot of material, um, he's done it all when it comes to living this life. But he knows this life was meaningless without Jesus Christ in it. And he gave his life to Christ, and I think that's absolutely wonderful. Now, I want you to read the quote that he gave when he began to talk about what his relationship with God means to him. Um, it's a short quote, but I think it's a very, very powerful and important quote. And when asked about why he believes what he believes, what does he say here? It says that it was just a complete and total transformation that began to look inside of me. Wow. You see, it was just a complete and total transformation that began to work inside of me. See, that's what, see, when, when, when the Holy Spirit comes into your heart, when, when, when God saves you, when God brings you out of that dark place, when God brings you from that muck and that mire, when God takes you from the guttermost to the uttermost, when God truly saves your soul, you see, he told us it was just a complete and total transformation that began to work inside of me. And that work that's, that is uh, beginning inside of you, that's the work of the kingdom of heaven. Because the Bible tells us that we first must seek ye the kingdom of heaven and all other things will be added unto you. So that work is the work that we do for the kingdom and for Christ. Like I told you two weeks ago, son, when we began this podcast, you do your part. And once you do your part, God will do the rest. Is that right? Yes, and I'm really proud of Deion Sanders. And I've, I've heard of him a lot. He's a good football player. He makes a lot of money. Oh, and, yes. And, and, you know, that, um, <laughs> That's right. And, you know. Like we said with Kel Mitchell, money and fame doesn't buy happiness or joy. 
and you know um god and the holy spirit mm -hmm. will give you joy oh yeah and it will fill you up with joy yes it will because if you give your life to christ then everything will change everything you will not be in a dark place you will be in a bright room with with happy people with joyous people mm -hmm. you you will be in a room where everything is great everything is beautiful and you know i don't like to see people in a dark place mm -hmm. that are struggling and are going through a lot of pain mm -hmm. and a lot of people around the world are going through that right now and i want to say to them that if something wrong is going in your life then I will pray for you. Mm -hmm. I will always look up for you. Mm -hmm. I will always love you. Love you. That's right. Unconditional. And, yeah, unconditional love. That's right. And you know, I don't like to see people in that way. Mm -hmm. And we all should pray for the people who are struggling right now, because us and everybody in this world. We don't know what pains they're going through, our struggle they're going through. That's right. And all of us, we need to do our part. And like my dad said, he'll do, Jesus and God will do their part. Amen. You do your part, God's going to do the rest. And we do need to understand one thing. Um, I do understand that once you become saved, then you are made, you are made whole. You are made new and you are a new creature made in Christ. The old man is passed away and the new man is born. That's why we call it being born again. However, we need to understand, even though we walk with Christ and even though we believe in the word of God, Jesus told us that there will be trials and tribulations. So everything is not going to be perfect. Everything's not going to be well. And everything is not going to be how you want them to be. But though Christ told us that in this life there will be trials and tribulations, he also told us that he will never forsake us or leave us even to the end of the age. So we're going to go through things. People are going to pass away. People are going to get sick. People are going to get hurt. People are going to let you down. People are going to disappoint you. People are going to do things to you on purpose. Christ said they hated him. They hated me, so they're going to hate you. That's what happens, but there is no love like the love of Christ. Let me say that again. There is no love like the love of Christ. So no matter what people do, say, or think, the love that Christ has for you, there is nothing that man can do to you that can ever replace that or that can ever overcome that or conquer that. Because Christ's love for you and me and mommy, your brother, your sister, our family, our friends, and our neighbors, that will never change and that will never be overtaken or overcome because Christ's love for us is great. So, again, yes, we're Christians. Yes, we believe in the word of God. Yes, we believe in Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Yes, we do. However, we still have to live this life. And we still have to overcome the trials and tribulations that come along in this journey, in this walk. Now, let's get to the next Christian athlete. 
Unfortunately, this athlete, he was one of my favorite football players. He has passed away now. He has gone to be with the father. He has gone back home to heaven. His name is Reggie White. Reggie White was known as the Minister of Defense. He was one of the greatest, if not the greatest, defensive ends in football. Started off with the Philadelphia Eagles, went to the Green Bay Packers, won a Super Bowl. And in that time, he found Christ, gave his life to Christ. And before he passed, he began to preach and teach the word of Jesus Christ. Now, Reggie White made a very, very powerful comment about him being a Christian preacher and him playing football. I want you to read what he said about his platform of being a football player and a preacher. What did he say? He said that God allowed me to use this game as a platform for to proclaim the name of Jesus. I know some people don't like what I say sometimes, but God has called me to preach a message, and I have to preach the message. That's powerful. Mm -hmm. Because even though he played football, let's put it like this. He played football, and he was one of the best. And at one point, he put football above God. But one day he said, I can no longer put football above God. I'm going to put God above football. And now that I continue to play football, I'm going to use playing football to preach the gospel. And that's exactly what he did until the day he went back home to be with the Lord. What you think about that? I'm really proud of Reggie White and, and you know, that I might not know him, but sometimes people that you like uh, or people that are famous, they they will pass away too. And we know, um, Take you your know time. that Take your time. we might think that life is hard on us. Oh, yes. We might think that, we might think that nobody is, nobody cares about us or anything. Mm-hmm. But, God puts these obstacles in your way oh, yes. because he's trying to tell you something that mm -hmm. he's there and he's there. He, he cares about you. Yes, he does. And all you need to do is pray and read your Bible mm -hmm. because, and you know that we all love him. Yes. Christians love him. Yes. And God loves everybody else. That's right. And you know that. For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. That's right. And you know that I'm really proud of every Christian out there who is spreading the gospel. Mm -hmm. And I love everybody out there who is struggling and need help. Mm -hmm. And what they what they can do is turn to God. Yes. And He will give you a beautiful life mm -hmm. in heaven. And you know, sometimes obstacles might be in our ways, That's but right. we just need to step over them, mm -hmm. and we need to overcome it, because right. with God by your side, you can overcome anything. Amen. That's, that's wonderfully said and wonderfully put from a 10-year-old, almost 11-year-old, whose birthday is coming up very soon, young man, 
who is, like I said, beginning his own journey and his own walk with Christ. And I think we all should be proud of Elijah for having the courage and having the zeal and having the boldness to proclaim the name of Jesus Christ before a sin-sick world. Because this is a sin-sick world. And only someone who is bold enough and who is courageous enough and has zeal and has the fire of the Holy Spirit in their heart will stand up and say, Jesus Christ is Lord. I love him and he loves you. Our next athlete we want to talk about is a Olympic gold medalist and her name is Allison Felix. Allison, Allison Felix is a track and field star and Allison Felix is one of the fastest women I think I've ever seen. Allison Felix is bad. She's fast and she is a wonderful runner. She's not only a gold medal Olympian, but she's a Christian and she openly professes her Christianity every chance she gets. Her father's a pastor and she is what you call a PK, a preacher's kid. But she doesn't use that to beat people over the head with the Bible and with the word of God, but she uses that as an inspiration for people to come to Christ, just as she did. And her quote, I think, is a very beautiful quote. And this is what she said when asked about being a preacher's kid and being a Christian and now being an athlete. She says, my faith inspires me so much. It is the very reason that I run. I feel that my running is completely a gift from God. And it is my responsibility to use it to glorify him. Mm -hmm. I think that's wonderful. She could have said anything else about her winning gold medals and having commercials and being in the Olympics and making a lot of money. But she said the reason why she's able to run, number one, is because God gave her the ability and the gift to do it. And number two, she runs to glorify him. What do you think about that? Um, you know that everybody on this list I'm proud of. And I'm really glad that they they are showing the glory to God. And you know that they, they want to tell people about him yes and you know uh when you said sinful world we live in a sinful world a sin sick world it's a sin sick world yes that that brought something to my mind okay like some people say that god killed million of people millions and billions of people on purpose but he actually didn't he did that for a reason we talking about the flood. Yeah, we talking about the flood. Okay. And you know, the flood is about mm -hmm. the people who didn't listen to him. Yes. And who didn't follow him. Mm-hmm. And they stole. They did bad things. They rebelled. They rebelled. Yes. Are we and, seeing that today? Yes. Yes. And and you know that Noah and his wife and his kids, you know that. They they were good people. Noah was a good guy. He followed Christ. Mm -hmm. He followed his commands. Mm -hmm. And and you know that God told Noah to build an ark. Yes, he did. And he wanted he wanted him to 
He wanted him to sleep and eat in the ark for 40 days and 40 nights. He had to live there. He had to live inside, and he bought all of his, all of the animals. His family. His family. That's right. And God flooded the earth, and he wiped out millions of people because for a reason. That's right, and, and, and let's see why God flooded the earth and destroyed man, which was his original creation the first time, right? Hmm. These would be all the descendants of Adam and Eve from Adam to Noah, correct? The Bible says in Genesis 6, chapter 6, verse 5, the Bible says the Lord saw how great man's wickedness on earth had become and that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. The Lord was grieved that he had made man on the earth and his heart was filled with pain. So the Lord said, I will wipe mankind whom I have created from the face of the earth men and animals and creatures that move along the ground and birds of the air for i am grieved that i have made them but noah found favor in the eyes of the lord when the bible says god was grieved that does not mean he was angry but god was hurt his heart was crying he was just so disappointed correct yeah god did not want to destroy man however he had to in order to get rid of that original sin that had come into the earth due to the fall of man which came from adam oh so like like when, when he got done with the flood how did he did noah and his family make more people or did God correct or did God create more people to live on earth? Well, no, you are absolutely correct. Noah, after the flood, we go to Genesis 9, and we see repopulating of the earth, God's covenant with Noah. Correct? Yeah. Now, we read Genesis chapter 9. It says, Then God blessed Noah and his sons, saying to them, and he had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. He said, Then God blessed Noah and his sons, saying to them, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. Be fruitful and multiply. The fear and dread of you will fall upon the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the air, upon every creature that moves along the ground, upon all the fish of the sea. They are given into your hands. So God gave Noah and his sons the power and authority to rule over every beast of the field, of the air, of the sea. So they had command and dominion over them. And he commanded them to begin to be fruitful and to multiply, meaning begin to create um, that part of you or that kind that is like you meaning to make other human beings. So you were correct, yes. Noah and his sons found wives and they began to repopulate the earth. Everything that the devil meant for bad, God, God turns it around to mean for good. So there is nothing that Satan can ever do to destroy God's covenant, to take away God's love, and to make God ever 
ever truly turn away from his people and stop loving them because he will always love us because God is incapable of doing anything other than loving us. Now, to finish our topic of the day, Christian athletes, there are there there are a couple more athletes that we want to talk about, but there is one in particular that I really like to watch play football. I think he is an excellent man, husband and father, and he is one of my favorite players and one of my favorite people, and his name is Russell Wilson. He is the quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks. Yes, he is. And I just want you to read this quote that he gave about his relationship with God and his walk with Christ. What does he say right here? It says that I'm just grateful that God has given me the opportunity put to play the great game of football. I'm so grateful. He's so grateful. And again, here is another athlete who could have said anything other than thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for giving me the ability to play a game. But he didn't recognize himself, his team, his coaches, the NFL. No, he recognized God first. He recognized God first. And that's what we need to do in everything that we do. Be grateful. Be appreciative. Be thankful. And recognize that it is not you who made you, but it is God who made you. Is that correct? Yeah, and you know that I'm really proud of us a little And, you know, some, some of us might be like, oh, this is unexpected. We didn't know a lot about him. Mm-hmm. And, uh... I'm really proud of him, and you know that he's very famous and known yes. about throwing the football. He's a quarterback for the C Seattle Seahawks, mm -hmm. and we are very proud of him, and we are very grateful to have athletes that are Christians. Yes. And you know that we should love everybody. That's right. And we appreciate everybody that's listening right now. Because you know that we we can all of us need to look together to get more people because some of us wanna see heaven we, we wanna see millions of people in heaven. Amen. We, we wanna see we wanna see a lot of people from the Bible. We we wanna see Jesus, we wanna see God. Amen. And we, we wanna see our friends and family in there. Amen. And, and by sharing the gospel mm -hmm. and spreading the gospel out there, we can help our friends and family, and we we can we all can get people to turn to God and give their life to Christ. Amen. Well said. That was an excellent sermonette from our young preacher here, Elijah. Um, <laughs> I think that was wonderful, son. That was well said. Amen. Now. We're going to get into this evening's word before we end the broadcast. And again, God bless you to all the athletes out there who are spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, who are sharing the word, and all the athletes who are known and unknown. God bless you. God keep you. And we hope that you continue to do what you do in order to add numbers and add souls to the kingdom of God. God bless you to all the athletes. Now, we're going to read tonight from the book of Mark. Mark. We are going to read chapter 6, okay. verse 30 through 45. 
through 40. Forty-three. Forty-three. All right. We're going to let Elijah read tonight. Elijah, whenever you're ready, let's let's go through the work. And this is talking about what? Jesus feeds the five thousand. Oh, Jesus feeds the multitude. Mm, five thousand. Okay. Well, if you're ready to teach us, go ahead, and I'm listening, and the listeners are listening. So get your Bible, get ready, and go turn to verse and chapter. All right. That apostles, apostles, apostles gathered around Jesus and reported him to him that all they done had done. To mm -hmm. him. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, "Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest." So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary play, place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large cloud, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time, it was late in the day. So his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said. It is, and it's ready. Mm -hmm. it's, and it's already very late to send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages mm -hmm. and buy themselves something to eat. Mm. But he answered, mm -hmm. "You give them something to eat." They they said to him, "That would take more than half of half of a year's wages. Mm. All all we all we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat. Mm -hmm. How many loaves do you have?" He asked. "Go and see." When they found in in when they found out, they said, five and two fish. Mm -hmm. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green glass. Mm -hmm. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven. Then, he, I mean, he gave mm -hmm. thanks and okay. broke the loaves. Mm -hmm. Then he gave them to his disciples to di distribute mm -hmm. to the people. Then he divided the two fish among all. Mm. They all ate and were satisfied. Mm -hmm. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. Mm. The number of men who had eaten was 5,000. 5,000. And we can see, first of all, let me say that that was a wonderful read. Thank you for reading that for the saints, for the brothers and sisters, our friends and family. You did an excellent job in reading Mark chapter 6, verses 30 through 43. We can see different accounts throughout Mark 
we can find it also in Matthew and in Luke. Some call them the four major gospels. We find that Jesus Christ comes on the scene, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He performs his miracle. He has his ministry. He gathers his disciples. And we see Jesus being both man and God on earth. And we thank him for that. We thank him for his shedding of his blood and we thank him for his forgiveness and we thank him for his love and we love him for that. We thank him right now in his name. I just want to give a quick summary and a brief summary of what this text was teaching us and what it was telling us. Now when we look at the word apostle, apostle means one who is sent a messenger, an authorized agent, or a missionary. That's when you see when you hear the word missionary, we we that's where we when we use the word apostle, that's where we get a, we get we get a, we get missionary from. Excuse me. Now, this text was telling us in a summarized version that when the disciples had returned from their mission, Jesus took them away to rest. Doing God's work is very important. Would you agree? Yes, I would. But Jesus recognized that to do it effectively, we need periodic rest and renewal. This is one of the reasons why we take a break from your podcast, Sharing the Gospel with Elijah, because sometimes you need to refresh and you need to renew and you need to go back and study and read and pray. So when you come back the next week, you will be ready. That's what Jesus Christ was doing with his disciples. It wasn't a day-to-day -day process, but the days that they worked for the kingdom, he knew that it was time to take them away to refresh and renew. Is that right? Yes, that is. Now, he took them away to refresh periodically. Jesus and his disciples, however, did not always find it easy to get rest as they needed because when people began to find out that Jesus was in their town or he was coming, and the disciples were coming to their town. Mobs and mobs and mobs of people would gather just to get a glimpse or just to talk to Jesus or just to even touch the hem of his garment. So even though they wanted to get rest at times, it wasn't always easy for them to get rest because everybody, just like in today's world and just like in today's society, they needed something. Amen? Amen. Now, this crowd was as pitiful as a flock of sheep without a shepherd. Mm, that's deep. Sheep are easily scattered. Without a shepherd, they are in grave danger. Jesus was the shepherd who could teach them what they needed to know and keep them from straying from God. We see that in Psalm 23. We can find that in Isaiah 40 and 11 and Ezekiel 30 and 5. Now, we talked about one of my favorite verses and we mention it you know pretty much now on the show as a staple that when when you have a hundred sheep and one goes astray you go after that one you sheep. go after that one so sometimes we as sheep we can get lost we we can get distracted and we'll go over here or we'll go over there or you may even get someone who tries to take you from the flock and that would be a wolf that's why Jesus told us to be careful of the wolves and sheep's clothing. Amen? Amen. Now, when Jesus asked the disciples to provide food 
for over 5,000 people, they asked in astonishment if they should go and spend eight months' wages on bread. That's almost a year worth of money for them to feed 5,000 people, they said to Jesus. How do you react when you are given an impossible task? A situation that seems impossible with human resources is simply an opportunity for God. Amen? Amen. The disciples did everything they could by gathering the available food and organizing the people into groups. Then, in answer to prayer, God did the impossible. When facing a seemingly impossible task to do what you can and ask God to do the rest, he may see fit to make the impossible happen. It goes back to you do your part and God will do the rest. It is not our place or our position to tell God when, where, and how. But we are to ask God in reverence and in prayer and with a sincere heart. And once you do that, God will always provide. We see this in the story of Jesus feeding the multitude. Amen. Amen. Now, the disciples did their part and God did the rest. Finally, why did Jesus bother to feed these people? Well, he could just as easily have sent them on their way. Jesus does not ignore needs. However, he is concerned with every aspect of our lives, the physical as well as the spiritual. We might well ask why the church has taken so lightly the command. You give them something to eat. Jesus' compassion for these hungry people is recorded in all four Gospels. For people who are desperately hungry, there is no better way for us to show God's love to them than to help to provide for their physical needs as we work to bring wholeness to people's lives. We must never ignore the fact that all of us have both physical and spiritual needs. It is impossible to minister effectively to the, to the spiritual need without considering the physical need. That is so important. Let me say this. It's hard for you to hold, any, hold anybody's attention when their stomach is hurting, when they're weak, when they're malnourished, when they're on the point of starvation. But when you begin to feed a person, both physically and spiritually, meaning what? I'm going to give you a plate of food. Matter of fact, I'm going to ask you what meal you like to eat the most. And when you tell me this is the meal you like to eat the most, I'm going to sit it in front of you, nice and hot. And I'm going to allow you to eat at your own discretion. And once you begin to eat that meal and enjoy that meal, and that meal fills you and, and, and it nourishes you, then I'm going to tell you about the person who gave me this meal to give to you. And his name is Jesus Christ. So I'm going to feed you physically with nourishment, health. And then I'm going to feed you spiritually. Brothers and sisters, we thank you for listening this evening. We love you. We're praying for you. And before you go, we're going to allow Elijah to pray a prayer for you in the love and the name of Jesus Christ. So let's bow our heads. Dear Holy Father, 
I thank you for the beautiful king or queen on the side of the on the other side of the screen. I'm really proud of all the people who are listening right now, who are grateful for you, who are proud of themselves. I'm really glad to have you in my life, and I'm I'm happy that you are changing lives. You are giving people joy, and I thank you for all the supplies. The food, the water you give us, you put on our tables, and you give us joy, you give us happiness, and we will fight through this, and you know that we have our struggles, but that's okay, because we can get through it with the name of Jesus, and I would like to pray for all the people who are struggling for all the people who are weak, who don't have food or water, please help them and let's pray for them. And I I want to say thank you for my family and everybody else out there. And we all are proud to have you in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And I hope somebody is blessed by that prayer. I hope somebody tonight gives their life to Christ and to begin to live a new life in him. We here sharing the gospel with Elijah. We love you. We're praying for you. We're thinking about you. And until next week's episode, have a blessed and wonderful week and weekend. And we will talk to you next week. God bless. God bless.